This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on wellness created by the real life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to season one, episode eight. Hey guys, I'm Janelle Reisner, a certified fitness instructor and personal trainer, an entrepreneurial badass, and a recovering sugar addict. Hello, I'm Rachel Bilotti. I am a life and mindset coach, a free-spirited entrepreneur, a road trip junkie, and unicorns are my spirit animal. We are the hosts of the True North Collective podcast. We have a little PSA for you all. You may or may not notice that this episode of the True North Collective podcast is not in chronological order. We apologize for any confusion this may cause you, but overall, the guests in our content as well as our banter is just timeless. And we felt that this order would be better suited for the story of this podcast. We hope you agree and enjoy. Recording, okay. recording. <laughs> All right. How you doing, Janelle? I'm doing pretty well. I don't think there's too many new crazy things going on. What about with you? Anything fun happening in Texas? My bro's in town. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know I was going to ask you about that. I forgot. Yeah, it's awesome. It's his first time in Texas. So I've been here a month and he has been here like two days. When I picked him up from the airport, I was like, so what do you think it's going to be like? And he was like, and he just started laughing. He was like, cowboys everywhere. <laughs> Everything's bigger like, in Texas. I know. I That's like, what I would no. be like. Honestly, I was like, no, I honestly just feel like a warmer Midwest, which I'm sure anyone from Texas listening is like, shut up. It is not. Do, do people um, really have even like Southern accents in Dallas? Not really. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, not. Dallas is just such a, they call it Dallas, Fort Worth, a Metroplex. Um, but it is, it's such a big city that it's like, there's so many transplants. I think most of the people I've met aren't even from here. So, um, yeah, it's not yeah. prevalent. Yeah. Oh, you know what we did do here last night, which I'm sad you weren't there. We did our nutrition panel <gasps> and it went it? so well. It was so really? fun. They were all great. We had four people come in for nutritionists and like super informative. They all jived really well. Like oh, they well. all kind of had a different focus, which we were hoping like one, uh-huh. one of the guys is more like on the ketogenic side and he was, he's like a big multi-sport athlete. And then we had another woman who came in who's like a recent mother who had a daughter with a bunch of health issues and she was really focused on like your microbiome. And then we had, um, another woman come in who used to be a figure competitor. Mm -hmm. So like from the aesthetic side, like she kind of talked about that and kind of in a really body healthy way, which was great. Like as in, I made a bunch of mistakes and I was super unhealthy while I was competing for these. Um, and here's what I learned from it. So that was really cool. And then we had Sarah, of course, who will be on our podcast soon. Yeah. Um, who just has, I mean, great knowledge on absolutely everything and a really yeah. grounded approach to, and grounded in like realistic, which I love approach to nutrition. So she's back so from good. Costa Rica. She hasn't gone yet, so... Oh, I thought she had gone. Yeah, already. I think she leaves in like two weeks or something like that, because I'm... Oh, that's so fun. What was the biggest thing you took away from it? I would say, I mean, I was hosting, mm-hmm. as easy my by podcast boys, so I mean, I was asking a lot of questions that 
I knew the answer to just from my background, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I would say you knew your answer to. Yeah, exactly. I know. I was like, can I be in the panel? I'm not really that <laughs> qualified, but it was just interesting. I think listening to people talk about your gut, like a little bit more. So like, obviously, you know, we know that your digestive system is connected to, um, how, how well you handle like, you know, your immunity or how well you handle and battle diseases and things. But one of the women who is really into the microbiome, she was talking about how, and I'm going to butcher the stats here. So I'm probably not even going to say the number, but it was something like, I think above 70% of your like feel good, like receptors are related directly to your gut. So with Mm -hmm. a lot of like the mental health issues and things that are prevalent today, she was like, a lot of that is just because people have essentially like poisoned themselves and don't have any good bacteria in their system. And a lot of that just comes so down to like the the receptors in your brain aren't getting what they need because of what yeah. you're eating. And I mean, that makes sense, but it was like, it was just a very profound thing to say that I was like, whoa, like, cool. can you imagine if we approached mental health in such a different way than like what we're doing now? Like we focus on the brain, you know, when we talk mm-hmm. about mental health and like, what if we started focusing on our gut and what we feed it? That's like such a and I think I mean, some people are starting to get there, but it's just so early. Well, which is funny though, because I think if you go back, 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 way back, you know, they're like, that's what people- <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, no totally. shit, Sherlock. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that was really, it was just like an interesting, you know, and she just phrased it so well. And it was just like interesting how she said it. And I was like, wow, like, yes, like everything that she said kind of made sense, but I just don't know if I, I put it together in that way. So that was really interesting. Yeah. How do you test your microbiome? Like, is there like a, do you do like a blood, you know, like a prick finger prick test or something? Like, I don't even know. I mean, I don't know if you can, I'm sure there's some like expensive way to test um, your microbiome, but I think like a lot of it is blood tests you can do Mm -hmm. and things that are related to it. So obviously like what's your fasted glucose level or like, do you have a lot of toxins in your blood? Cause that might mean that, your, you know, gut is broken down and things might be like leaking and escaping your gut that shouldn't be. Or so I think there's a lot of different ways you can do. They actually, they got into a conversation. This is probably not that appropriate, but whatever. We talked about it last night about how, um, people do like fecal transplants a lot of times. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. I actually had a roommate in college that had to get that done, but like they were talking about how people, they, they're calling like poop doping. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. like they're trying to get people that are like incredibly healthy, quote unquote, yep. like to essentially donate their poop and like you insert their healthy microbiome yep. into your You've own told- gut. And I was like, <laughs> I thought we talked about this. Maybe we did. I don't know. And of course, like everyone's like, oh, that's so gross. And I was like, how do I get that done? <laughs> I was like, wait, how much would this cost? <laughs> like, do I know someone that's really healthy? Because I would do it. I'm like, I don't, it doesn't even gross me out. I would do it. Like, my microbiome's so effed. <laughs> like, someone please. Uh, so funny. Like, if this will just, like, I don't know, I can take, like, seven probiotics a day or I could get this done. Like, that sounds like an easier solution. I wonder how long it lasts. Like, how I mean, quickly I th- you can mess it up. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you can mess it up and say, I think if you just take care of yourself, like you should be good, but yeah, I'm always fascinated about that just because of the chemotherapy and radiation Mm -hmm. treatments that I had that like, 
am I just permanently damaged? (laughs) (laughs) Like, is there, and like, what can I do? So I actually just sent a text to my dad, who's a biomedical engineer. And I was like, dad, I really am like very, very fascinated to connect with somebody who is doing research on the best diets for long-term cancer survivorship. And cause I wanted, I want to test it out. Like I don't, you know, and somebody who actually does the research, because I am not versed in reading research papers or anything like that. But um, anyways, I was like, I think that'd be so, I'd totally like test my blood, like test whatever, like let's, let's see what we can figure out. I'm the here. same way. I'm like, can I be like a human science experiment? But Seriously. yeah, I like want to work with someone. And I told everyone that last night too, and I'll say it on here. Like I, well, to be very candid and open, like when we talked to Sarah, I've actually been working with Sarah lately on fixing some health issues and gut issues I've been having um, when she comes on the podcast. But like I told everyone, I was like, stop. Like I waited so long and I was like, I can figure it out on my own. I'm like, no, I didn't yeah. figure like I educated myself, but I didn't really figure anything out. And it just helps so much yeah. to like meet with someone, have an outside perspective, have someone that has more knowledge than you. And also just someone to keep you like accountable. Like yeah, Sarah totally. and I was talking and she's like, you know, you know, all the things like, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she's like, you're just not doing them. She's like, no, like I'm, I'm going to be your little voice here. That's going to be like, don't work out in between your classes, like go sit down, take a couple deep breaths and like have a meal. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, you're just like eating on the go. Like that's half your problem. Like sometimes, I don't know. It's just, you know, I'm like, I'm eating all the right things. And it's like, you can be eating all the right things, but if you're eating them in a stressed state and like while you're running around all the time, like that's probably why your body isn't digesting things very well. Like one of the many reasons, but, and it's like, oh yeah. Like, <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that, but I don't listen. I don't practice what I preach. Like, <laughs> so it's kind of nice just to even work with someone. Like, even if you have, I mean, if you don't have any knowledge on the topic, or even if like you do, just to have someone be like, yeah, but it, we're really good at making excuses for ourselves. Like, we know what we're supposed yeah. to do, but actually doing them is a whole yeah, other totally. story sometimes. So it's been awesome. And I told everyone that last night. I was like hire one of these people or someone else. Yeah. They have to be like one of these people, but like one, they're all fantastic. And two, I guarantee like you're not going to regret it. Like don't buy a big screen TV, like spend a couple hundred bucks on get to know your body better. But we are bringing on a friend of ours that we, we both met from working at the fitness studio that we work in at Milwaukee or had worked at. And she was a client of ours and, I mean, for me personally, and I I guess I can just speak for myself here, someone that I got to know even better outside of the studio, she not only would come to my class, but we would, you know, get dinner sometimes and, and chat. And she has a really exciting story about how she quit her job. Her and her boyfriend both just both did. They got rid of their place. They put their stuff in storage and they traveled essentially around Asia for a year. I'm so excited to talk to Hannah because when we first started talking about doing this True North Collective podcast, um, her name was the first one that came to the forefront of my mind and my heart as somebody who just said, yeah, I'm young. Yeah, there's rules. And yeah, guess what? I'm going to I'm gonna try it and see what happens. Um, and so I'm dying to pick her brain and see what kind of insights she has and just to like soak up as much inspiration from her as possible. So without further ado, let's bring Hannah on the True North Collective podcast. Hannah, welcome to the show. How is it going? Good. How are you girls, gals, Good. women? 
women. It's <laughs> International Women's Day today, I so it's appropriate. Cheers to, cheers to us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I graduated in 2014, and right after that, my boyfriend and I were just kind of like, let's go to Europe. I really enjoyed traveling around Europe, so we thought, let's save our money, let's go to Asia, and Asia, in particular Southeast Asia, is super cheap, and, well, Asia has just, like, a huge, vast terrain, like, tropical, jungle, mountains, and so I saved for about a year and a half, two years, and then I was super nervous to tell my job I was quitting, but I braved up and I just put in my I think a month notice and I quit and yeah the rest is history. Is that kind of the approach that you've taken with a lot of kind of leaps of faith because that's what it sounds like to me is like you kind of trusted I want to travel I want to travel for a year I'm going to just do this and I'm not going to overthink it. Do you think that that no, that is okay. definitely my boyfriend. He is like Mr. Leap of Faith, and he was like, I'm going to take this leap of faith. Um, let's just take this leap of faith together. And I think it was probably one of the biggest growing experiences that I had. Do you feel, obviously not a completely different person, but do you like feel like a different person? Like I feel like even just before you left and then I'm talking to you now, Like, do you feel like you've had so much self-growth that it's hard to remember you know are there that many differences of who you were before you left since you came back I did what I really loved for a year and I kind of took that mindset and I really want to like run with it and continue it into my like as I grow and like move maybe move to Madison and you know want to take a job that I love and just I used to always be worried about like the future and or when I things will be better when I do this things will be better when I go on my trip and I feel like you know you're in so many amazing places that you know your future is just to me it felt like it was going to be great no matter what I was going to go to a different city and see something new every day and so I just kind of really learned to like live in the present and it has been really empowering because it's like really calmed my anxiety and really like just kind of helped me focus on the right now and I think that is one of the biggest changes in myself rolling with it is just all like you know is kind of in that idea of taking a leap of faith just like not Mm -hmm. really knowing and just kind of going with the flow Yeah. I feel like you've kind of found your own definition of, you know, like we all hear, like take that leap of faith, but what does that actually mean for each person? And I feel like you kind of just are finding your answer in it, which is really cool. And it sounds really grounded and calm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm necessarily a very calm person, but it's day by day. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it was more calm while I was traveling than I am now. Like I'm not 100% how I used to be, but you come back and it's just kind of everything else is the same except for me. And so it's easy to like fall back into old like habits. And I think just kind of remembering, okay, I did all this crazy things. I saw all this crazy stuff and I'm a completely different person and just taking that mindset and just kind of, you know, remembering what your year was and why you were doing it. Was there a a most surprising, inspiring moment from your trip? I was 
in Borneo, which is right off of, it's like, it's an island that's half Indonesian and half Malaysian. Mm-hmm. We stayed at a, a longhouse. A longhouse is just like extremely long house, probably like as long as a block. And there's just like, it'd be like all of your relatives living together. In like this main room, there's like kind of like hearth fireplaces that kind of like separate each family. So how did you get to stay there? Because it's the family. Yeah. And they just open their homes to people. The internet is an amazing tool while you're traveling. And mm-hmm. Sam, my boyfriend, he posted on Reddit, like, oh, we're looking to go to Borneo. What are some things to see or some homestays that we should stay at? And someone responded, like, stay at this homestay in the Calibut Highlands and linked their website. And just kind of we contacted them and the rest is history. Cool. I did three months of volunteer work in a refugee camp. And so it's a lot, I worked with a lot of, I taught English, and I worked with a lot of displaced people from Syria and Afghanistan, and like working with those women was really grounding, and I get really emotional whenever I talk about it, but Mm -hmm. it was just like so powerful to meet with them and really nice. Were you thinking you were going to do that going into it? Or did that opportunity show up or did you seek it out? I think when we started our trip, I always wanted to do that because I wanted to like, I'm going to go see the world and I'm going to do this really selfish Mm -hmm. thing. And I wanted to give back. Yeah. Do you think of it as selfish now? Selfish for myself, but like totally worth it and necessary, I think. I don't know what else I would have been doing if I didn't go on my trip. Yeah. It doesn't sound selfish to me. It sounds like (laughs) you gave, it it sounds like you gave so much of yourself that those women were were able to give you so much of them in all of these experiences actually. And so that doesn't feel selfish at all. It feels like you went to each of these places with a total like open heart and just were like, I'm here to receive and grow and learn. There's nothing selfish about that in my perspective. Yeah. Well, when I started my trip, I like, I think the first week I was like, I'm out of here. I'm going home back to Wisconsin. Really? Because Thailand is like. Culture shock. Yeah. It is so different from the United States. I just remember sitting, big bug runs past me and a rat and there's all like, I'm going to get hit by a motorbike and I'm just like, oh my God. And I'm like afraid I'm going to (laughs) get. food poisoning no matter what I eat and I'm just like I can't do this anymore and I was just talking to my friend and she's like you just have to like don't have any expectations or any like preconceived notions and you just have to go with it and after that I was just like whatever I'm just gonna go with it I had I got like a hundred mosquito bites on each of my legs right in the beginning so I'm like I'm just gonna walk around Thailand with a million bug bites on my leg and I'm just gonna like embrace it and so probably after like a full month I kind of just got into the swing of it and then that's when I really just like opened myself up to people and experiences and just kind of like not shying away from I want to meet this local person so I'm gonna go up to them and talk to them and Mm -hmm. that's awesome what do you feel like was the hardest part when you were trying to settle in? Like, is there one thing that you can pinpoint that you were like, oh my God, like, no, I just can't. Just the culture in Southeast Asia is so 
it's so different than anything here. Like there's order here and there's things make sense. And in Southeast Asia, it's just like everything is beautifully backwards but I didn't think it was beautiful at the time but mm. now I look back and I'm just like oh I wish I could be back there you know and just you just have to like find the beauty in it I guess how cool is that like I don't know you almost left a weekend and then now in hindsight you're like it didn't make any sense but it does it's beautiful how different it is from where I am. I don't know. To me, that would be such a cool thing to take with me as I'm like figuring out the next, I mean, we're so young. You have so much more time to do so many things and I can get overwhelmed by like, how am I going to do that thing that I want? And to be able to hearken back on an experience where you were like, no, but you did it. And what came out of it was utter beauty. Like, holy crap, that's so inspiring to be able to move through a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you had this like quiet courage and there's something really beautiful about that, that human process of like figuring out how to choose to take a year off and go do that. Cause so many people say they want to do it, but then they never do. Like what stopped them that didn't stop you? You know? I mean, I did it all on my own. I Ah. for everything on my own and I think you just have to you know to begin save money just learn to cut back you don't I cooked a lot I went thrifting I did not I I still worked out a lot at Spire so I didn't cut back on that or anything (laughs) but health and wellness is a very important place I actually started going there because I was like I'm going to get fit for this trip (laughs) but I don't know and then I think it's a big courage telling people like these unusual these unusual plans like hey mom and dad I'm going to go travel the world for a year and yes. like coming from a family like that's super supportive supportive but like not necessarily interested in traveling I think it was a big shock but they totally got behind me and then telling your work and sorting everything out and okay where am I going to put my stuff for my apartment and just figuring all that out I can totally see why people are discouraged mm-hmm. but I think the reward is outweighs anything yeah so when you started telling people that you were doing this did you mostly get a positive response or if you did get any sort of negativity like what were the I'm sure like there were three things that people always asked you when you're like hey I'm putting my job and I'm going to travel for a year. Did you feel like you got the same kind of questions? Like, well, what about this? Or what are you going to do with a year-long gap on your resume? Like, I can just picture, like, so many people. Yeah, me too. This kind of thing is like, oh, you didn't have a job for a year? Oh, what are you going to do? Like, did you get a lot of that? Or did you tune it out? Or how did that work for you? I think I kind of had an overarching plan that I was like, you know, I didn't know where I was going to go, but I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go to Southeast Asia and then I want to maybe climb a mountain and then go here and go here. And I had things like really well planned and like, okay, but then I'm also going to give back. So I just felt like I kind of try to like weasel that into like, yeah, I'm not working, but I also want to 
give back to the world, and I think people kind of got behind that. Yeah, that's true. No one, no one can say no to that, right? <laughs> what? You're volunteering? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I think people just, of course, are like, oh, well, you're quitting your job. Like, how are you going to afford this, and how are you going to afford that? But you guys, Southeast Asia is so cheap. It's yeah. like your money can just go so far there that it's like... I don't, it's insane. So I don't know. I, I don't know what people, I don't even remember. I don't care anymore. I'm just like, I did it guys. And that's kind of, I mean, that's cool to like hear that too, because I mean, in hindsight, you did it and you actually don't even really remember what anyone said anyways. So even though it seems so in your face when it's happening, like in the long run, once you do it, it's like, it doesn't even matter. It's not even on your horizon anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. So now that you're home, I guess one, what you miss the most being home now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, when I came, so I volunteered from September to December. So I didn't come from like traveling to back to home. I came from like kind of, you know, working 40 hours a week back to home and just my like settling in, I think was different and eye-opening in the fact that like I saw people who have nothing and yet were so inspiring and I just see people now who just complain about everything and like I just want to be like there are people in other parts of the world that really have it more rough than we do. Like we just all need to like chill out. So that was just kind of I think my biggest adjustment, like... You're like, I don't want to hear your first world problem. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm guilty of it, too. Yeah. So I'm, we I'm all too. we I'm all too. are. But <laughs> I think that was just kind of like being with people who have to leave their homes because they're afraid for their lives. And then, like, making this super unsafe journey to Europe. And, like, you don't even know if you're actually going to be in Europe or like you're going to get there and like you might have to get you're going to get beat up and then sent back to your country like that's super scary and yeah and like I would just go into camp and like people would just welcome me into their home and like cook me dinner and make me tea and it was just so amazing like people it just makes me feel like like, yeah, people here are friendly, like, oh, hi, you know, like, we'll say hi when we see each other or something, but it's not the same. I think it's just different because I haven't really, ex- like, worked with a population that just kind of didn't have anything and would be so opening to me, but there's still, like, good people and good acts of kindness here. I think it's just, mm-hmm. it's just different. Sure. Because we just... Our life is just so different than maybe a displaced person is. Right. And, like, you can't know what you don't know, right? Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it just seems so interesting. I mean, I love that story, the fact that, you know, I feel like a lot of times here you, you know, people can be kind and nice, but I think a lot of times, like, we can be pretty selfish. Yeah. And we're very, we can be very possessive over all these things that we own, even though, you know, we are abundant and everything that we have. And it's just like nice to hear such a different perspective of people that really don't have that much, but then they're like, yeah, whatever is mine is yours. Right. Yeah. Like 
I always just think of one time someone accidentally took Sam's shoes and so he's like we're all like when you go into spaces you're always barefoot so he like he needed to go somewhere and he like could not find his shoes someone else accidentally took them and one of the guy one of the residents at camp was like oh here I'll I'll he like get I'll take your shoes and he just like takes his shoes off his feet and like just hands them to Sam wow. it was like literally just like see that's amazing I mean I just like even from my perspective we have incidences like at studios that I can relate to even just where like people accidentally take someone else's you know coat or shoes or whatever it is and you know people are like it, they get really upset about it right they're like yeah. oh my gosh like someone took my shoes and it's this big ordeal and then it's just like to hear this other perspective of someone who that maybe is like their only pair of shoes and they're just like oh yeah but you can have them like you can use them it's no big deal right and right. like we're like what someone took my stuff you know <laughs> so I mean that's like refreshing and hopefully maybe a lesson that can be shared to some people and, and myself included too just to like it's just stuff Right. You don't don't need it. I can't change how other people react, but I can change how I react. So, like, I can only combat with kindness and, like, just not get worked up. So just kind of, like, going back to that whole, like, traveling is grounding thing. Just kind of, like, stay true to yourself and just, like, remain calm and grounded. And That's perfect. I love that statement. So would you say traveling, when you're traveling, that feels... Like you're living in your own true north? My whole trip was kind of like living my own true north. And, you know, like I said, I didn't really know what I was going to do and just kind of finding myself and rolling with it. What will you take from that year then? So it was like the year of like you kind of being you and finding yourself and discovering new things about yourself and you're back and there are some things that have shifted. What what from that trip are you going to take with you for the rest of your life? I think just how kind people are and how mm. strong I as a person can be or any of us can be and how cool. it's not it's not the end result but like the journey of getting there that's kind of the whole cool process. So do you feel like you have more trust in yourself now after this? Like you have a better understanding of who you are and the decisions and your that you make and the abilities that you have. Yeah, I mean, I like coming back. I think I thought I was gonna like you know jump right in and you know find a job and roll with it, but I, you know, I'm still figuring that out. And so I think you know you kind of second guess yourself and like, oh, was my year worth it? But it, yeah, it totally is. And like right now isn't forever and I just have to keep remembering that we all have to keep remembering that and and what's crazy to what I hear and what you're saying is like and with your question Janelle about around trust it's like mm-hmm. sometimes we think like we have to get to this place where we trust ourselves or we're courageous enough to do something and and what I how I actually experience it is I do the thing, scared shitless. And then afterwards I realize going through that, I now have validation that I am courageous and I can trust myself. Um, And then coming back, there's other layers of like, and I can trust myself in this now too, through the experience, you know, which is very, like you don't necessarily need to feel total trust. Sometimes just taking that risk builds the trust. If that makes any sense. And I think faking confidence. Mm. 
it's something I have to work on, but just kind of like, yeah, I got this. Yeah, I can do it. And just kind of going with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like eventually you practice something enough and it just kind of happens. Yeah. Makes a difference for sure. And then just trusting. I mean, we trust a lot about too, like, or we talk a lot about just like trusting things will work out. And it sounds like you really did that. Not even, not just internally, but also just like you took a risk, you showed up and you said, I'm just going to trust that everything is going to happen as it needs to happen and I'm just going to go with the flow and be there in this present moment and really experience it and I think that's such a beautiful way to live life being there there isn't anything that was like what was the worst that could happen you know I just kept thinking that what's the worst that could happen and like I feel like there was nothing that was so terrible that like I could everything could just always be manageable everything always works out because it always I mean it always does so question for you did you ever feel because I know like you're saying that you know nothing like that bad would happen and of course I I love my mother dearly but like (laughs) her conversations that she'd be having with me is like safety like did she be like what could happen you could die (laughs) did you ever feel unsafe during your trip at any point or was it pretty you felt like you were pretty comfortable as far as you know your own safety and well-being no I tell I felt totally safe my whole trip like that's awesome I lived in people's concerns a lot of times too. Like I'm traveling to these foreign places. I don't know them. I don't understand them. Like, will I be safe? Will I go to a bad neighborhood or, you know, whatever the case may be. And Southeast Asia is for the most part, super safe. I mean, it's definitely safer than Milwaukee. (laughs) (laughs) I I wouldn't doubt that. (laughs) So yeah, I just think a lot of the times because you stand out or like Sam and I stood out so much from like the norm of what other people look like is like people kind of like watch out for you as well like if we look lost I feel like so many times people would say like oh where are you going oh can I help you with this and like this crazy story is we must have looked extremely lost in Vietnam and and not Vietnam Korea North South Korea and North Korea (laughs) South Korea and like we just got there and we were trying to go to where we were couch surfing and this woman was like, you know, where are you going? And we told her and she was like, okay, that's the same stop as me. And we got off at the same stop. She didn't really talk to us while we were on the metro or anything. And when we got off, she's like, oh, do you want to like have lunch together tomorrow? And, you know, this was like eight months in. So I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, you know, another another friend to meet and so we showed up and we ended up like meeting her boss at this like huge insurance like he like owned this huge insurance company and like drove us around all day in a jaguar and like showed us all of busan and like just from meeting this woman i mean she was with us and then we thought we were going to go back home and he's like oh yeah like you know in korea like people go to like these Korean spots it's very common and so he's like Mm -hmm. oh yeah like let's go to a spa and I was like okay and so we go to the spa and like he pays for it and like Sam and him went into one the men's locker room and me and Jin into the other and I just walk in and everyone is naked and I'm like oh my (laughs) god I cannot get naked in front of in front of this girl I just met yesterday and so, so like funny. it's just this tiny towel that you're given and so she's like gets naked and I get naked and I'm like holding my towel like 
vertical <laughs> over myself and she's like okay we have to shower now and I was like okay so I like go to the shower room it's just like this huge room with these like hot tubs all over and then all these different kinds of showers and like all these naked Korean women and they're I'm just she's like puts her towel in this little bin and she's like okay come on and I'm like I'm naked and she's like, yeah, that's normally how it works. And I'm like, in America, we do not get naked in front of each other. That's so funny. So I, like, drop my towel, like, run to the run to the shower and just kind of, like, pretend no one can see me. But, like, just got to do it. Isn't that so interesting? I actually had that when I studied abroad in Japan, too. They had, like, yeah, all these similar. spas. and. Like, same thing. I had a roommate that I met, like, three days ago. And granted, we were both from America, so I guess, like, we had the opportunity to both feel awkward. But it was like, all right, well, we roomed together and we just met each other. But, all right, let's get naked and hang out in a a hot bath with each other. Okay. (laughs) Totally normal. It's fine. But, like, and a bunch of people on our trip didn't do it. And I was like, whatever. I'm going to do it, man. It's like, when else am I going to have the opportunity to do this? So (laughs) Yeah. And then eventually they were, like, the two people the two Korean people that we were with, they were like, well, we have to go to appointments now. We have to go back to work. So you can just stay for the rest of the day. And if you need anything, like, like you have these like things on your wrist that you can just like scan to an account. And he's like, it's on me, whatever. And when we never saw him again, that's so generous. Now, how did, how did you connect with these people? Like, were you able to, like, did you have cell service or was it just like, Hey, I'm going to meet you back here tomorrow at two o'clock. Well, I think, I had WhatsApp, so uh-huh. she probably had to download WhatsApp because she didn't have Facebook or anything. So it was just kind of like, okay, I think she even said, like, let's meet here at 1 o'clock and just show up. And if she's not there, well, whatever, she's not there. And if she's there, then... <laughs> was that just, like, a relief? Because I feel like we're just so connected to, like, our phones and everything and just to almost be like, all right, let's turn back the time, like, 20 years and just do what we used to do right get lost and just tell people we're going to meet them at a certain time and if they don't show up well then you're like well all right I guess I'm going to continue on with my day rather than calling or reaching out to them like was that just such a nice relief from what you're used to or was it frustrating no I love not having my phone I love (laughs) like not being able to be bothered with calls and like I could FaceTime my mom and dad whenever I wanted to, I mean, within the time difference, but I just think it was, like, so, like, I had the control over who I wanted to talk to, and, like, it just kind of felt so nice. Like, you didn't have to deal with the politeness that we have to deal with here, I guess, in the United States. Do you think that helped you? I know you are talking before how you felt a lot more present when you were there. Do you think that played a large role in it? Yeah. 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 I, I love that you just said the politeness that we have to deal with in the United States. <laughs> it's Don't so true. Like it's like, <laughs> like I saw an Instagram. I you read my message. I can see that yeah. you read it, but you didn't respond. What is wrong? Totally. <laughs> I just really didn't want to write like, it's okay. It's okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. I I just don't have anything to say right now. Can I just be by myself? That's probably (laughs) awesome. Um, Hannah, if you could go back to like the very beginning before your trip, um, is there something you would tell yourself? I just think everything works out in the end. I guess I know I said that before, but it's just so true. Like even with 
Like, I just remember being like, oh, my God, I'm going to graduate college soon, and then what am I going to do? I'm going to be... I'm not going to have a bus pass anymore. I'm going to be stranded, <laughs> like, even the stupidest <laughs> things like that. And just, like, you know, then these opportunities came up, and, like, I have to even tell myself that now on when I feel like, oh, my God, I don't have a job. I'm 26 years old. Right now I'm living at home with my parents very temporarily, but still. And I just <laughs> have to tell myself, like, it's all going to work out. Like, this is just how it is for right now. It's not forever. Nothing is permanent. I yeah. think that's what we all have to keep reminding ourselves. And if Absolutely. you don't like something, just change it. Yep. Yes. Totally. Anna, yes. Preach. Like, yeah. <laughs> like all well, the conversations and- I have in my head every day. I'm like, all right, just remind yourself. It's okay. Like, you'll be fine. None of the- <laughs> yeah. So well, I love like, that. It's so nice honestly, to hear other though, people say that. Like, honestly, all the people that you see doing these big things like they've made some sacrifices and like you know you could look at the fact that you're you know having to live with your parents right now maybe as one of those sacrifices or maybe it's a really big gift like maybe in hindsight you're going to turn around and be like I wouldn't have had the chance to you know experience this with my parents and so I don't know I feel like there's a lot of perception that can be kind of shifted in how we view things. Um, Absolutely. I would actually, yeah. I think I'd like love to live with my parents in some ways, especially like, <laughs> um, like maybe not for too long, like you said, but I'm like, I could take like a good month at Camp Reasoner. That's what I like to call their house. And just like my dad would make me eggs every morning. There's a wood burning stove. Like it's quiet there. Like I could probably, that'd probably be good for my soul. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel, do you have any more questions? I do. I have one that's kind of a little bit out of the flow, but that's okay. Um, I'm just curious when you hear, um, you know, living your true north, what does that mean to you? What does it mean for you to live your true north? I think not compromising, you know, remembering who you are and why you're here and what you want to do and again, just, you know, trust in the process and everything will work out, I think. And just holding yourself accountable Mm -hmm. is important to living your true north, I think. Cool. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. This has been so exciting talking with you. I love, like, you've always been inspirational. I mean, like Rachel said, when we we were talking about this podcast and I was like, we have to interview Hannah because, you know, from the second you told me, what, over a year ago, I guess now that you were doing this, I was just I was so impressed by you because it was like I'm there's so many fears and barriers that I would have personally had to break down and when you see someone else just going for it it's so inspirational and it just makes you really change that mindset of like hey like Hannah did it she just seems totally okay with it like all the things that would take me into like a complete you know meltdown and all the excuses I would make and all the reasons why I would be too afraid to do it 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 makes you pause for a second and say well, I bet Hannah had a lot of those roadblocks and the same issues and conversations internally, and she's still making it happen. So it's so exciting to have been able to see you make that decision, then go through your year of travel and come back, and then even just hear you talk about it. It's incredibly inspirational and exciting. So Hannah, if there are people that are listening that are interested in connecting with you to learn about how you traveled and how they might be able to do it themselves, is there a place where they could reach out to you and connect? Yeah, definitely. You can find me at my Instagram. It is Dairyland Queen, K-W-E-E-N. 
I love that. that. Well, thank you, Hannah, so much for taking yeah. the time today to hang out with us and yeah. run around Milwaukee with us. Yeah, and thank you both. Please yeah. keep us updated on your job hunt and your probably future travels in the next couple of years. We love to hear about it. Yeah, I will. I'll keep you updated. And I wanted to say I'm proud of both of you for like starting this podcast Thanks. and kind of like going out on the limb and. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening, you guys, and spending time with us today. To keep exploring, you can get more from Janelle and I at thetruenorthcollective.org or check out the show notes where you can get additional details about Hannah and her traveling adventures. Have a great week, and we will talk to you soon. Bye.